Thank you for listening to the Folk Podcast. If you would like to become more involved with the Wisdom of Odin community, please think about donating to Patreon. At the lowest tier, you gain access to our community Discord. Uh, the next tier, you gain access to live streams. And of course, at the final tier, you gain early access videos, as well as your name in the end credits for all Wisdom of Odin videos. Thank you so much for watching, and thank you so much for whatever support you're able to provide. Hello, my name is Jacob, and welcome to episode 45 of the Folk Podcast. We have a really interesting one today. We have a full panel of people here to talk about a pretty serious subject matter. We're actually continuing a conversation we began in episode 26 with Kai, who um, came here on the show to talk about Native spirituality, mixing and intermingling with Norse spirituality, especially in his life. Um, so we want to continue that conversation today, but also we brought Kai back on to bring up a pretty serious subject matter um, that I wanted to make sure we brought to everyone's attention, um, just because, you know, I really do want to make sure that, you know, we're doing as best we can, uh, especially as Americans, to make sure we raise awareness for uh, Native issues. Um, but also, we brought on Zach um, from our community as well. He's actually one of our fellowship leaders. Um, so, Zach, I actually want to uh, give the floor to you because you haven't been on the podcast before. Um, so, Zach, if you want to give everyone, you know, a one to two minute introduction about yourself kind of you know where you are in life and with your spiritual path um and we'll get this episode started yeah um um my name is zach blackman uh got on this path probably about four years ago um well i was still a christian called myself a Christo-pagan and eventually uh, gave up to being a heathen full-time and it's been great ever since. Um, before I ever was on the uh, Norse pagan path, I believed in Native American animism, uh, being Native myself, uh, Siksika Blackfoot and St. Joseph Band Potawatomi. Uh, probably joined the community back in I believe October of last year I want to I want to say uh I think that's about it uh where do you um like as far as like your personal spiritual path like what deities do you tend to work with the most it's it's it used to be in your Instagram name <laughs> yeah so the the person the goddess that led me to this path was Freya um and Thor also helped out with that. But I predominantly worship the Vonic deities. Uh, my current Instagram is Vonic Vibes. <laughs> um, so it kind of sets that straight. Um, so now that we have, um, I feel like we had such a great conversation before we even hit record. Um, so now I want to like find a way to get that conversation started again. Um, but for the most part, I, you know, I, I honestly, I, I came into this, like, I just want Kai and Zach to talk and me to sit back and just kind of like have a good time. Um, so Kai, how has it been for, um, you know, for anyone who wasn't here for the first episode, mostly Baker and, uh, Sherd. Um, so as far like, give us a, a brief, uh, summary of your journey once again, just for the people who may have not heard that episode, uh, to begin with yeah for sure um so i grew up in a more so spiritual household um it wasn't really religious in any sense uh my mom and dad both i would say did a pretty good job of like explaining you know different kinds of paths i could take um started off with more eastern style 
uh, spirituality because that's what my dad practiced most. Um, then I kind of grew into Wicca, decided I was not a fan of Wicca. And then I uh, found my, you know, my uh, ancestral roots, you could say, with uh, my Lakota um, nation. And a little after that, I started leaning more into my Germanic pagan or substituted Norse pagan um, journey when I was living in the woods for a year. So um, yeah, and ever since I've been trying my best to balance the two out because I mean, it's it's pretty tough. Uh, sometimes you don't know who's trying to talk to you at first. So you really have to like take a minute and like listen and kind of like feel, you know, what, what side is talking to me right now, you know? So, Just to give yeah, everyone a, a visual aid here, um, both Zach and Kai have uh, Mjolnir's on of various sizes and also medicine bags as well. So it's definitely, a, a, you know, I, it's just a perfect myth, like image for everybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so uh, Baker, sure, you guys were not here for episode um, 26 when we actually talked to Kai for the first time. So perhaps if you guys have any questions um, for either Kai or Zach about um, both of these spiritual paths, um, maybe kind of open up to you to see, um, you know, whether or not you guys have any questions you have. I guess for me, the, the one question I have for both of you, you know, we've talked a little bit beforehand, you know, about your tribal stuff. Uh, what gods from your tribe, from your ancestry, has reached out to you to want to work with? Mm, uh, so I would say for me, I, I don't really like to define them as gods. They're more like personifications of nature and the forces around us. Um, but I would say probably the first one, maybe Iktomi or no, Hunu. Uh, Hunu is, uh, is a bear spirit who's on the Wakantanka uh, council. Um, uh, he's, he basically replaced their wisdom advisor when he cracked, you know, um, yeah, I, I would say that that's probably the the first uh, higher being that reached out to me. Um, so, yeah, like like how Kai was saying, um, I don't like to think of them as gods. They're, I guess you could say, spirits and greater spirits. Um, in the Blackfoot tradition, there is a um, greater spirit known as Napi, or the Great Helper. Um, very Odin-esque, but a lot more laid back, and he makes a lot of mistakes. <laughs> uh, and he, he and I have had like some discussions because he's very closely related to the sun and I've found myself very drawn towards like sun crosses and Norse tradition and stuff like that. So I've been trying to get in in touch with Napi more, uh, but it, it proves a little hard when I'm separated from my tribes, you know. 
Well, and also proves probably hard for you when you were separated from the sun because you live in Upper Peninsula. Yeah, yeah, we we've got sun lamps up here that we generally use like two hours of a day. I just remember one point you sent us a picture in like the Discord and you were just like, I'll just sun myself and just had like a sun lamp next to your legs or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty rough up here during the winter. Not a big not a big fan. I'm thinking I might move south. And here I am trying to move north and get out of the heat. <laughs> you want to meet in the middle? Sure. I, I'm thinking somewhere South Dakota, North Dakota, you know, back with my people. Okay, I I was thinking towards like maybe uh, maybe like the the west end of Iowa, maybe. Yes, that's maybe. Not, yeah, that's not middle that. ground. <laughs> who said who 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 in America goes? Man, I really want to move to Iowa. <laughs> My childhood best friend was from Iowa, so you watch yourself. <laughs> Are they still in Iowa? I'm actually not sure. Mm-hmm. He was in the Navy, so yeah. Oh, so so he he hated Iowa so much that he joined the <laughs> Navy to sail around the world to get away from Iowa. Confirmed. The land of Kornheim. I, yeah, I, I don't have anything to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> man, I walked by a cornfield today in Germany, and I felt like I was at home. And I was like, man, this is this is a weird sensation of homesickness <laughs> yeah the no so jacob did you notice that the corn is like really small in europe look all the vegetables are weirdly small in europe and it kind of throws me off so like i don't know what it is but like when i go for an onion like i remember like kentucky onions like they're like the size of a baseball I go for an onion here and it's like maybe the size of like a roll of pin, like not even like a roll of pennies. Like, I don't even know, like a, a ping pong ball. And so I have to buy like nine onions for like one recipe or something like, and every, all the potatoes are small. Like the corn is small. The only thing that's big, wait, no, the eggplants are even smaller. Yeah, no, everything's smaller here and I don't get it. Yeah, I'd, when I went over to Poland for a month, I noticed like they have cornfields everywhere and they had full ears of tiny little corn on like these five foot tall corn stalks and it was just hilarious. I think there's secretly hobbits over here. <laughs> it's all, all that non-GMO food. I know, right? I, like my body feels cleaner, honestly. Uh, Baker, you keep on wanting to get in here. What did you want to say? Sorry, I've got a uh, I've got a question just because I don't believe it was discussed in the last episode. I did listen to it and I was really bummed out that I wasn't able to make it to it because it was a really good discussion. But do either of you uh, ever feel any conflict inside during like ancestor veneration with your, um, I guess, uh, mixed ethnicities would be the correct way to put it um, between the native and like the, um, I guess, the white people that came here and colonized America? Uh, do you want to take that first or? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take that first. Uh, it's, I don't really have too much of an issue, but I think it's because I, I've wrestled with um, also being black 
in the past. Um, a lot of like self-hate and self-loathing uh, because of where I grew up is super racist um, towards, towards blacks and uh, indigenous peoples alike. So I, I kind of learned how to deal with, uh, with that, that self-loathing, that self-hate. Um, and it's, it's helped to clear up the, the differentiation between like my ancestors. Um, as for me, uh, I know that I feel like I can kind of sense that the way that uh, ancestry got in there wasn't a good way, if you catch my drift. So I do kind of, so, sometimes it does hit me a little bit, um, but I think that for the most part, it's, it's about kind of like healing that within yourself to try and like pass on a better way to to your kids because like my fiance is is christian so we're also going to be like dealing with that kind of little dynamic in the house so i i'm looking at it as like both a past and future situation of having that like conflicting like energies within yourself i guess um but for the most part i don't think i really dealt with that too much um I grew up in San Diego so most people assumed I was Mexican you know um so I didn't really have to deal with as much of what I forgot I forgot your name I'm sorry man I'm terrible with names Zach <laughs> Zach. Zach all right I, I didn't have to deal with the same issues that Zach dealt with um so I feel like for me I was able to uh get a much more kind of like um on a health like a better opportunity to get a healthy grasp on it you know because my mom was very supportive of like yeah I mean we have bad stuff that's happened in our family and our and in our ancestry but you got to do what you can now to to set that right the only reason I wanted to bring that up is just because it's a where ancestor veneration is such a big part of uh, Norse paganism. I just I was uh, I guess clarifying that I just was curious about that dynamic um, in there. Side note: I was just thinking that Zach could have a hell of a like ancestral spiritual shamanic meeting because he's got both the African ancestry, native ancestry, and northern ancestry all put together. Like he needs to keep like a mind palace with like a fire in the center and call forth like the shamans of everything. Like you might like get world peace going on there. Yeah, the funny thing is I, Ian had been doing some ancestry stuff and that got me excited about going back into my ancestry again. Uh, the black side of my family, where the native comes from, uh, I can find almost no information whatsoever. But the other side of my family, my mom's side, I've, I got to both Switzerland and Germany back in the early 1500s, which was pretty sweet. Ian, I feel like this is your time to step in. You've been, you know, you haven't had your chance because there's so many of us right now. So what, what do you got, Ian? Uh, no, I mean, 
Yeah, uh, I really don't have anything at the moment, you know, um, but I can imagine having that, I guess it's the comment on the ancestry thing, because like Zach said, I have been doing, it's mainly my mom that's been doing a lot of deep diving into our ancestry, because she's planning a trip to, Ger or not to Germany, to Norway, um, where, you know, my ancestors are very prominent. And, you know, I feel like I'm lucky in a way that I don't necessarily have too much of like a, a diverse culmination of ancestry because I am very Scandinavian. I'm super Norwegian. Um, uh, and yeah, like my mom has been finding stuff dating back to 1571 so far is the oldest that she's gone back to some of the uh, cities that are still standing today in Norway. And like I can, I myself have really, I haven't dabbled too much spiritually with ancestor worship which is, you know, kind of like what Baker was saying, it, that's such a, a very prominent thing, um, you know, especially with with both, I feel like with native spirituality and Northern spirituality, like ancestral stuff is, I feel like the bread and butter almost. I feel like that's something that should be practiced more often than say God veneration or, or spirit veneration. Um, but, you know, because of, of my mom's current deep dive into our ancestry and stuff like that it's kind of pushing me to actually really dive into that so i'm actually going to try to hop on this trip to norway with her and her cousin who i found out was also a active practicing uh, active practicing norse pagan which i didn't even know was a thing in our family besides oh myself. no you poor thing you have to you're, you're a hop on this horrible horrible trip to norway i know, I, I, I know it's, it's gonna be horrific <laughs> Um, so one thing that I've actually, you know, on the topic of ancestor veneration um, is one of the things that we visited here in uh, Munich so far is it's, it was called the Museum of the Five Continents. Um, and it featured artwork in every continent besides um, Europe and uh, Antarctica. Um, and so all the other continents as far as like in Australia, it was uh, combining like Oceania as well. So like the Oceanic Islands. And the one thing that every single ancient religious culture had in common was ancestor veneration. And even some of their deities were awfully similar, but like that's a whole different story. But other than that, you know, ancestor veneration is not just a Norse pagan thing, not just a, a Native American thing. Um, it's, it's a human thing. This is something that all human tribes um, long before civilization really, you know, started growing was important and so i you know we as americans all of us in here being american are in a very weird spot because we have such a strange history uh with with who we are and something i did today um which you know i plan on exploring in a video future uh, down the road and i kind of tease it um at least uh, in a post today on Instagram, is I went to a grave of like a 2,500 year old like priestess that was buried there. And my family is without a doubt German. There's German in my family. And so like, all I did was I, I knelt down and like, I stuck my fingers in the dirt of this burial mound, like, cause they had been opened up. So I like put my fingers in the dirt and I just kind of shared my story through my memories and through words and kind of like shared how, what it took to get me here. Like at some point, you know, my ancestor probably wasn't buried in that mound, but my ancestors at some point were probably around that area. And so to share the story of what happened after, you know, after their lives that carried, you know, them west to this new world that they didn't even know it existed all the way to the point that now I'm back and I flew on a plane, you know, like 
I think those are really interesting things to share with ancestors is what got you here. And I think that, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what ancestor veneration is, is what got you here and honoring how you got here. Fun fact, um, my, my ancestors are actually from Bavaria, the German ones. Oh, servos. <laughs> this is where you say servos and we nodded each other. Eh. <laughs> like, <laughs> trust me, you ever come to Bavaria, just like say servos all the time and they just assume you're in the club, even though I don't speak very, very much German at all. But like servos is like a Bavarian greeting specifically. And so you're not just saying hallo or guten tag. You're saying servos. You're in the club. Bavarian first, German second is <laughs> um, but to pull it back into the uh, native discussion one thing I wanted to, to kind of add because this is something that's come up um, that which made me ask a question is uh, I watched the movie Dreamkeepers which came out in the early 2000s I think it was a series before it was a movie um, and it was kind of like a um, you know group effort from a bunch of native tribes and a bunch of um, like producers that were all from Native American ancestry um, that created this thing and I think I looked it up and it was like like a team effort of like over 20 tribes came together to make this movie and share their stories in it. Um, and, you know, and I kind of asked beforehand, I was like, Kai, Zach, like, is this a good movie? Can I talk about this? And I got the, okay. Um, so one thing that came up while watching it is it um, shared the story of um, Spider and Coyote. And right away, I started thinking like, this is just 100% Loki, right? Like Spider and Coyote definitely seem to bounce off one another. So is there any other similarities you see between the, the you know, the parallels between the Norse, mythos and the you know the mythos around uh native beliefs so first off let me lead with uh that story is actually a, a lakota story so that's uh that's iktomi uh i think i talked about him in the last podcast i was on um he, he like you said it's definitely a loki-esque kind of vibe and i feel like probably the next one that you could maybe compare to norse mythology would be uh, Tate, the father of the of the four directions and the the spirit of the wind. Um, he's he's kind of Odin esque, but a little more friendly and a little more. He's a little he's he's kind of Odin esque, but a little more friendly. I would say. Um, in fact, he in the original stories of when he was first interacting with humans, he earned the name Kola. And Kola is a word that we use for a friend, but like a friend that you trust with your life. Um, so it's like, it's like a friend, but it's better than a friend, you know? Um, but yeah, he was definitely all about going around and like interacting with new people, learning new things and, you know, just being a helpful uh, entity out there. Um, as far as, everyone else uh we do have a two-faced spirit as well um that and that would actually be the moon but uh her story doesn't really compare with hell so uh that that's about the only similarity there um one one marked like physical similarity i've seen is the medicine wheel and the solar cross um if you if you've ever noticed so you've got the four cardinal directions on the medicine wheel and it's got four different colors um 
And then the solar cross looks exactly the same, just shifted a little to the right or to the left. Um, and they, from what I've learned, they often represent um, very similar things. So that's, that's one thing that I've noticed. Um, and then Kai, what was that spirit's name that you were talking about? The, the wind spirit? Uh, his name is Tate, but he also, uh, that's, that's the white people way of uh, saying it. Uh, it would be Tate. Um, and then uh, we also called him Kola when he became a closer friend to the original peoples. Okay, so I just between between the tribes uh, that that character sounds a lot like Napi, who came came to the Blackfoot and basically was like, "Hey, this is how you make fire. This is how you uh, skin skin beavers and animals to like uh, make teepees and stuff like that." Uh, and his his name means helper. Yeah, that uh, that that sounds about like what Tate did as well. Um, so Zach, one thing um, we were already almost at the halfway mark, so we had to switch to the serious talk. But I did want to ask you, Zach, because out of my own curiosity as well, um, you recently had a gathering up in um, Wisconsin, and I heard there was some um, like uh, some convergence of the native belief and the Norse belief as well. Like you even did a form of a ceremony, kind of honoring the the native side of everything, right? Uh, yeah. I wish the circumstances that the ritual we did were different. Um, so what ended up happening was the area that we were at in Wisconsin there, right next to us was Cheyenne land that had been leased out as a pasture for the local farmers. And uh, so before the gathering, I, I told everybody there, I was like, hey, listen, if you take anything off of this land, make sure that you give an offering, preferably tobacco, uh, like right, right when you take something off of the land, like give, give thanks to the spirits, you know, and recognize that they're there. Um, so I went down for a 20 minute nap and when I woke up, uh, most of the people at the gathering had gone on a hike uh, out into that Cheyenne land. And several of them uh, took bones and stuff like that uh, off of that land, mostly deer bones. And when they got back, there was just kind of this heavy presence like an hour later, uh, even though I had set up a protective circle. Um, and I was, I was approached by, I forget who at the gathering. Do you remember Caleb? I do not. I think I was tattooing at the time. Um, but I know that, I know that my wife, had this whole thing that she was going on and trying to help with the, the whole situation. 
Yeah, so there was this heavy presence there. And uh, yeah, I believe it was Caleb's wife that came up to me that was like, hey, there's something going on out in the woods, like right, right at the line um, to the Cheyenne land there. And so I, I pretty much asked everyone that had gone on that hike or had taken something to come around the fire pit and bring whatever they took um, because they were under the impression that you could just make an offering later uh, not not in the moment when you're right there you have tobacco and you give an offering they they thought oh we'll just we'll just come back the next day or we'll do do it in one big ceremony tonight and so those spirits on that land and the spirits that were inhabiting those bones were not happy about that. So we gathered everyone together, um, put the bones next to the fire, and uh, I called forward the spirits. Um, I said a few things in Ojibwe, um, seeing as Cheyenne and Ojibwe are like cousin tribes. I didn't know if the spirits would understand or not, but I feel like my message got across. Uh, and so I gave tobacco to everyone um, and asked them to say a few words of forgiveness for like the disrespect that they had for the spirits. Uh, and then we did a small bit of native protection for everyone um red red thread at least in the ojibwe um you you tie red thread on sweat lodges and you can use it for protection uh but it has to be a female that ties it so we we gave everyone some red thread except for uh one of the guys there that didn't feel comfortable with it um, out of respect for native traditions. And so later that night, he, later that night, probably about 20 minutes later, he just wasn't feeling right. He was feeling sick. Um, he had started going into a bit of a cold sweat, uh, he hadn't drank anything. He hadn't taken anything like um, he he was just freaked out. He didn't know what was going on. And having been inhabited by a spirit before, uh, I noticed the signs. And so basically later on in the night, a uh, few minutes, few minutes after I noticed what was going on, uh, I was able to pull the spirit out of him and give him enough time to make a totem to put it in. Uh, and this happened with one other person that night uh, that had taken bones out of that forest. And it was, it was two different spirits that were scared 
um, confused, didn't really know what was going on. Um, so we we did have that that ritual of forgiveness um, and giving an offering to them because they hadn't received an offering previously. Uh, so, like I said, I I wish that it was under better circumstances that we could have um, given offerings and veneration to the spirits, but uh, at least it happened, you know. So one thing that we've definitely noticed from having these gatherings as well is um, the respect to the land vateer in general, you know, the respect to the land spirits. And I know Bradley had a problem at his first gathering he did in uh, Texas or Oklahoma, Oklahoma, um, is that they didn't give an offering to the spirits of the land beforehand, like many of our gatherings we usually do nowadays. And so, um, you know, one of the things he like messaged the discord and he was like, guys, we've been having some weird vibes here. I don't know what to do. And basically all of us were like, well, did you get to the land spirits? And he was like, no, we haven't. We're like, give to the land spirits. And sure enough, he like, they all did an offering to the land spirits and everything was chill afterwards. And, you know, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, even though, you know, the Norse idea is land vateer, you know, that really applies here in North America. I've noticed is that land has such a presence to it. Um, and so honoring it, um, you know, I think is, is a really big component of uh, North America, North American paganism in general. Um, so we're well over the halfway mark here. So we do need to shift it to um, kind of the main purpose we were having this podcast, um, not just to talk about this connection of uh, Norse and uh, native beliefs. But Kai reached out to me recently about a pretty serious issue that's happening in the uh, in, you know, native community right now. Um, and it's a, it's a pretty hard subject. It really is. Um, so, you know, if, if you're not interested, you know, you're kind of being warned now is that it, it's going to get a pretty heavy subject matter. It's going to be pretty intense. So, um, but it needs to be talked about. And I, I wanted to give him this platform and this time to kind of talk about this um, because it's something that is near and dear to my heart is that we start raising awareness um, because it wasn't that long ago, you know, before the Native Americans were, you know, getting colonized that essentially, um, you know, Norway and Scandinavia were colonized as well and, you know, removed of their heritage. And so uh, this is something that we can stop now. We can't stop the, the Vikings and the pre-Christian Scandinavian Germans from being colonized um, and being, you know, basically converted and all their beliefs stripped away. Um, but we can help the Natives still today. So Kai, um, tossing it off to you um, to begin this subject. I feel like since we're moving into this portion of the podcast, it's important for me to start this off in a traditional way, or as traditional as I can get it. Um, my name is Kai. I am from San Diego. I am the son of, of Tina and Gerald. Um, Gerald is my father, and he is from San Diego, like most of his uh, descendants up until his great-grandfather who comes from South Dakota and my mother comes from Indiana and Miss Tennessee. So that's a traditional way of greeting people that way you know who's who you know back in the day when you'd meet somebody you wouldn't know if you were like blood relatives or not because of the way family systems work back then. You kind of have to establish who's who. Um, so the thing that I wanted to talk about is for the most part, um, I'm not sure if anybody has ever heard of the residential schools. Um, they were uh, schools where um, Christians and Catholics would forcibly remove 
uh, indigenous children and sometimes willingly because the indigenous people were tricked or they thought that that was the best case scenario because they had no clue what awaited their children. So these children were forcibly removed and stuck into um, rehabilitation camps, basically, where, I mean, these places were bad. Um, there were over 400 operating between Canada and the United States. And of the 400, only seven have been investigated, air quotes. Um, and in that investigation, they have found 1,500 unmarked graves of children, some of them as young as two. Um, and the, the way it's looking is they were not peaceful deaths. These schools were more often than not breeding grounds for uh, pedophiles and abusive people. And we have a lot of people who, uh, from, from when they shut down for the most part, who are still around. So like, it wasn't even that long ago. Um, there's people just a few years older than me who have gone through this system and it's really broken a lot of people. And that's where a lot of our um, issues come from today as traditional people. So only seven out of those 400 and some odd schools have been investigated and already that many have been found. Um, there were over 10,000 children taken to these schools. So uh, the truth of what's going to be found is pretty rough. So I wanted to take this time to spread awareness so that I could get an allyship between you guys, the Norse pagans, and people who fall under this kind of umbrella um, and the indigenous people, because I mean, we really need allies to help us out with this kind of stuff. So um, yeah, if anybody has any questions, then I guess I'll go ahead and open it up to y'all. Um, so, so Kai, I just wanted to say, uh, I, I really feel you on this subject. Um, it's, I know I'm getting kind of emotional right now. Um, the, the residential school, um, boarding school system has really robbed, robbed me as well as my family and so many other indigenous peoples of their their culture their language and their heritage um and it's it's even more widespread than kai was saying uh when they first opened back in the 1800s and uh early 1900s uh, there were about 6,000 children that had been shipped to these boarding schools. And by 1930, there were over 60,000 um, natives in these schools, which I'm sure it continued to go up. Um, the last boarding school 
that was based on assimilation closed in 1996 in America. Um, and natives weren't allowed to have any say in their children's education in, until 1975, let alone practice our religion or speak our language. Also too, I wanna to point out that um, some of these schools are still going. Um, it's not as bad as it used to be, but it's still pretty rough. There's like 73 going, they're just, renamed as uh indian uh indian children's uh health center or something like that it, it's something clever to make you think there's nothing bad going on but there's 73 still operating under essentially the same kind of system i mean that's i mean sadly what's happening in our modern world a lot nowadays is a lot of really negative things and things that are really bad are just getting this happy coat of paint on them or getting renamed so people don't question it you know when you name something like you know like an uh, you know a wonderful rehabilitation center for young adults you know it's like oh that doesn't sound bad at all and then you actually look into their practice and it's horrific um you know i i find it really hard to even really add to this kind of subject i mean besides you know really to you know the Norse pagan audience out there, I mean, majority of our audience is Norse pagan. You know, the, the reason I think this is important truly is this is something that you know I kind of started this conversation with is this happened to us. This happened to the Germanic pagans. This happened to the Norse pagans. Um, I mean, think about you know Irminsul, you know the you know the pillar of the Germans that was torn down by Charlemagne, or you know Donar's oak, you know a, a famous oak tree that was to Thor that got burned down, um, and it happened to the Slavs. It happened to you know the, you know the Sami people. It happened to basically anyone who came in contact with Christians. And I think it's one of those things where in our minds, we think it stopped at some point. It's like, oh, they stopped doing that. No, it's still going on. And, you know, we can't help, you know, people a thousand years ago, but we can maybe make a difference now. Um, so I guess, you know, Kai, one of the things we were kind of talking about uh, leading up to this conversation is any resources people have as, or anything they can do. Um, and something, you know, I was, I was I, you know, I, I think I made relatively clear is I want to make sure it's something that, you know, actually makes a difference. You know, you know, just putting something on Instagram isn't necessarily, you know, the best thing, you know, sometimes it's all we can do. Um, but, you know, definitely if, if there, you know, please let us know if there's anything we can do or what other people can do to get more involved. Yeah. So, um, like, uh, like Zach, right. That's your name. <laughs> yeah. That's Write it on your hand, guy. Write it yeah, on your hand. Uh, like I said, I'm terrible in this. Uh, I, I have it now, though. Like Zach was saying, I did get that number wrong, and part of the issue was that I had actually I had actually written some notes uh, to help me out, but unfortunately I forgot half of my notes. So now all I have is uh, the you know like what you were just talking about right now, Jacob. Um, so some of the uh, some of the biggest things I feel like is. Uh, really in the way is um, misinformation uh, or the lack of speaking about this stuff. So that's why I wanted to come on here as a kind of spread awareness. So now everyone who's listening knows that this is a thing that's going on. So uh, past that, past just the awareness, um, there's all sorts of petitions that you can uh, sign. Um, me personally, I don't really feel like petitions do much, but that's just my cynical mind. Um, 
So if anybody is able, there's donations. Um, you can donate to American Indian College Fund, which kind of helps for indigenous children to be able to go to college to come back and help their tribes out because you know poverty in reservations a lot of reservations don't even have running water so it's kind of hard for them to get out of their reservations uh to be able to do so um then there's also uh association of american indian affairs um this is to help indigenous children out with like like um actual child care systems that will actually take their culture and proper education into um, center and help them out with that and is also helping to fight for indigenous sovereignty because that's where I feel like a lot of the issues come from. Um, there's also National Indian Council on Aging, which is to help the elderly folk. Um, Native American Heritage Association, uh, it's to support uh, specifically reservations in South Dakota and Wyoming for like food and heating because the winters get rough up there. Like I said, they don't even have running water in a lot of these reservations. So it's, you know, these are things they actually really need. Um, NARF, Native American Rights uh, Fund, which is, uh, again, another big issue is legal issues. There's a lot of legal disputes, like with the treaties that we've talked about. Um, and a part of that is that there's not enough funding into going into helping this uh, legal system to help the indigenous people rather than the money hungry government. Um, then we also have Nas uh, National Indian Care Association which is again, just cultural child, child care. And then there's also the Tiny House Warriors as well, who are a band of warriors who are actively taking back their land by camping out on, um, on treaty land and keeping uh, you know, colonizers from coming in and just trying to take it over. Uh, which reminds me, I forgot to talk about the word. Colonizer. I was about to say, why don't you just go ahead and bring it up now? I, I feel like, um, um, you know, like when I first started this conversation, I mentioned that like Christians going into Norway, you know, in the early days were colonizers that maybe that like set everyone's mind straight. But I, you know, I think it'd be good to clarify it still. Okay. So from the indigenous mindset, uh, which, uh, which is where a lot of uh, this conversation is coming from. Um, when I or people like me, uh, indigenous peoples around the world, say colonizer, I want to set it straight. It has nothing to do with race and more about mindset. Um, colonization and being a colonizer comes with coming into somebody else's area and trying to uh, mess up their, their political ways, their religious ways, or uh, their cultural ways, and to try and overwrite and rewrite it and trying to like rewrite history to make themselves look good. So when when I say colonizers, just know I'm not talking about any sort of race or anything like that. Because um, yes, we've all had conflicts, but colonization is something different. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my spiel on uh, 
the word colonizer. Um, is there uh, is there anything that you might want to add, Zach? Um, so you know, with with the stuff that's recently been going on in Canada um, with the discoveries at residential schools. Uh, there was something that happened very recently, I believe last week in the Dakotas, um, one of the other native members of our community, her reservation was visited by some uh, evangelical Christian missionaries uh, from Kansas City. Um, they, they came on to the reservation, the land proper, the sovereign, sovereign land, um, and were enticing kids to come in and learn about Christianity in these impoverished neighborhoods by giving them bikes and other, other things that they probably can't get uh, due to their economic situation. Um, the tribal police didn't do anything about it. Uh, the tribal council uh, had refused to say anything about it. Um, so this member of our community uh, has started taking legal action into her own hands um, to stop these Christian groups from coming onto sovereign land without permission. Uh, and she's trying to get a lot of the other northern tribes and uh, descendants and allies uh, support on this uh, to try and stop people from coming into sovereign land and um, trying to destroy any last vestiges of native culture, whether by religion or um, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's hard to talk about. Um, well, really, you know, like you know, you, you, the whole time you're telling this, like the only frame of reference I have is when I was in church, you know, uh, years ago, and they would always like it was like every other Sunday they would always talk about the mission trips, you know, like oh we need another mission trip to Africa, we need to go, you know, go here, you know, look at the success story where we converted this entire village, and everyone's like oh my gosh yes this is amazing, and you know, and I'm sitting back there even with my like 12 year old mind, I'm like you're bribing them. Like you're, you're literally bribing them to, to, you're like to sell who they are for, you know, essentially what they already deserve. Like, yeah, you could just drop food off and, you know, make them happy, but instead you want something in return. And it always like, it, you know, to me, it was always felt two-faced in that sense where it was like, they always gave you something, but then they always expected something in return, you know, and it, it always rubbed me wrong even back then. As the residential school motto was, um, kill the Indian, save the man. Damn, yeah, I don't even know how I follow up that. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying, I don't even know how to follow up that. So Kai, please take yeah. this from me. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, like, look, if you're going to be uh, a Christian, that's perfectly fine. Be who you are. Nobody's saying not to be, but like, you also have to have respect for other people's faiths. If you want to help to be a helpful person, then yeah, go do that. And you know what? The the people you're helping will probably look at you and try and model some of what they think, like what you're doing. But this whole like thing of like what you guys just described, like, yeah, it's that's sick and gross. Because you know, if if Christians want to come in and try and do something like that, then how about they try and help with real important matters and issues? Like again, I keep bringing up because it's like it's it it's sad that this is a thing but like running water a lot of reservations don't have running water a lot of reservations uh the you have to ask the the bureau of indian affairs if you could grow corn on your front lawn you know so like if they want to come in and like do something then they should do something that's actually meaningful not just trying to bribe people for a short-term gain Cool. And one of the things I've always thought about, like, especially from a Norse pagan perspective, you know, I talk about this with like the saving Midgard, you know, cleaning up trash and things like that. You know, if someone stops by and ask, you know, what you're doing, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm cleaning up trash. And if they want to dig deeper, you know, say, yeah, I'm a Norse pagan. And like, you know, maybe have a meal on your on, but then go about your day, you know, don't try to convert them. Just remind people, hey, you know, there are Norse pagans out there that like to do a good thing. And hey, Christians take a note from that, you know, go fix some, go fix some water lines or, you know, donate some food or do something good. And then just walk away, wear your cross, tell them God bless and walk away. Don't try to like force the Bible down their throat at the same time. And I think this is how you naturally find religion because it's not forcibly converting someone at that point, you know, because then it's just in their mind, hey, you know, the Christians came by the other day and helped us out. You know, and if someone's going to naturally find God, that's how they should find it. They shouldn't be forced to. And I think that's true of it really any religion. And not to mention like, you know, don't, you know, I just don't understand the mindset of, you know, you're sitting there in Kansas City and you're thinking, hmm, I really want to travel hundreds of miles away to this Native American land so I can convert them. That's what God wants me to do. And I just, I really, my Norse pagan, my, my Norse, uh, Norse pagan mind really just can't understand that. Well, being, you know, a former minister and stuff, that's the way Kyle was talking about what you're talking about doing these good deeds and not pushing the religion. That's what originally Jesus, there's the one that they're trying to emulate. That's what he was all about. But modern Christianity in, in the modern face with uh, Catholicism, baptism, or Baptist, uh, Methodist, all these different faiths, they see it as a way in their duty to save you. You know, kind of like the term white savior. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that or not. Uh, but they believe that, okay, Jesus is sending us to do this. We need to help you in any way we can, but we also need to save your soul because your soul is more important than anything you're doing right now on, on earth. And, they don't realize they're attacking your culture half the time because they're so focused on saving you from hell. And that's one thing I've been trying to change in my community is, is the mindset of Christians because they don't realize what they're doing is more harmful than good. You know, I mean, you don't see yourself. It's, it's like that old uh, saying, you don't see yourself become the villain until, you know, you realize you are one. 
So something that really irked me about that situation that I was just talking about was uh, they took pictures of each of the kids that had come up to them and wrote down their names as well and posted them on Facebook like they were saving the savages um, pretty much, uh, which is illegal by federal standards. You can't, you can't take pictures of and take the names of native children without the council's permission and yet they still did so. I don't think you can take pictures of like, you know, being a photographer and someone that professionally does photos. I don't think you can like take pictures of children and use their name and put them online in general. Like, I'm pretty sure that's a huge no-no. Yeah, I was about to say, it's illegal even with them not being natives. If they're minors and you take their pictures, you have to have the parents' consent before you can do anything with those photos. I, I think probably too, like with the law, that probably goes back to like, uh, back when they were doing the the, the land grabs, um, when you'd see like on old newspapers of like, uh, oh, five dollars to take a picture with this Indian kid, you know, and like stuff like that. And also to a lot of indigenous people uh, have this uh, ideology that, you know, if you take a picture of yourself, then it takes a part of your essence away. Um, that's why, like, um, like Crazy Horse Shunka Witko, um never allowed his picture to be taken. So to uh, to rope it back in here in our last few minutes, um, you know, and things we can do to help. And um, it, it was very curious that you know one thing you said is not you know there's going to be a rally at this you know this school that this conversion camp essentially that you know is renamed. You know, there's going to be a rally and we're going to shut them down because. You know, ultimately, I think they, this doesn't necessarily work. What needs to happen, and from what I've gathered from you, the resources you've given, is helping them have other resources. Instead of only having, oh, ship the kids off to conversion camp, like you have, like, no, send them to, you know, a, a school that actually honors their heritage at the same time. So supporting those resources instead of promoting the destruction of others, because if you give them other resources, those will go in a way. Is, is that kind of how I'm understanding it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, there there are rallies I feel like are a little more. Um, ah, neither one is more important than the other, but like as far as like actual survival of today, there are other rallies that if you want to go to them, you could divert yourself to that more so. But like as far as like actual survival of today. There are other rallies that if you want to go to them, you could divert yourself to that more so. Um, I actually don't really know of any uh, of any protests or any gatherings of uh, of like, you know, the residential school survivors. Uh, last one I heard about was July 1st in Canada for Canada Day. Um, but if you guys are interested in trying to anybody out there listening if you guys are interested in trying to go out and support and be with the protesters um like i mentioned before tiny house warriors they're up in canada i forget where um so that's my bad um then there's oil pipeline line three um it so what's going on is that Enbridge, a, uh, an oil company, 
is trying to build pipelines through indigenous sovereign land. And it's more than just the land dispute as well. So the, the oil pipelines from Enbridge, what they're doing is they're, uh, they're putting these pipelines through uh, sovereign treaty land, which uh, by you know any international uh, nation between the two without permission, that's an act of war. <laughs> so that's bad enough as it is. But then also, too, these pipelines are going to be going through the only clean sources of water. Um, that's why you'll see with a lot of indigenous people who are fighting against those pipelines, they call themselves water protectors because they genuinely are protecting the last bits of, uh, you know, grandmother Earth's blood, you know, because the, the water is her blood. Water is life. So it's if you want to go to uh, to these kinds of things, there's line three, which is one of the pipelines, line three in Park Rapids, Minnesota. And then there's also line five in Great Lakes, which is up in Canada. Um, so if you guys, if anybody wants to go out there and try and show them support, and again, the tiny house warriors as well, um i feel like that's where the most support is needed because that's like it's an active fight against you know the continued death and genocide of indigenous people i i have friends and family that were at standing rock um i couldn't go myself uh personally i don't advocate for violence but when when it's the only choice that we're given at a certain point when the government doesn't want to listen or companies don't want to listen i would say go go ham just uh you know kind of open it up for everyone we, we were over the hour mark now so we need to start ro uh, rolling in this episode um but to our you know panel of co-hosts here um anything else you want to add as far as uh, kai and zach if you want to have any last words for everybody you know uh, any words of encouragement any words of wisdom or you know words of uh you know calls to action or if um the other co-hosts have just any questions final questions for the for our panel today man i feel like a, a moderator on like a like a, a huge show this is wild I just have something um just kind of listen to this it it really it really sucks it's a heavy subject like i got that you know that tightness in my chest looking at the destruction and uh you know just the erasing of cultures really hits hard for me being uh such a huge you know history nerd like the different cultures and things that people came from, that is part of our past, that is part of who we all came from. You know, whether you're from Europe, uh, you know, Native American, like the actual North American natives, South American natives, uh, you know, Africa, the Middle East, things like that, you know, I've, it's happened to, it's continuously happened in multitude of different areas. And it just, it hurts, like it generally hurts. I remember, you know, seeing, things like this happening in the Middle East, where, you know, thousands and thousands of year old Sumerian and, and just ancient cultural uh, uh, objects and shrines and, and statues is being quite literally obliterated because, it, you know, it, well, essentially assimilation with, with certain groups 
um, that are over there right now that are causing problems. And again, like what Jacob was saying, you see things with like Charlemagne back in, in Europe of the destruction of, of uh, statues and, and trees and, and human souls areas. were going for. Huh? Irman Soul, I think is what you were searching for. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't remember off the top of my head exactly. Um, you know, and it, I definitely think that stuff like this needs to stop. You know, it, it no one culture, no one faith or idea is, is greater than the other, I think is the best takeaway to look like, get from all of this. And I think preserving where we came from, no matter where you came from, should be top priority. You know, it's, it's, it is a difficult subject to talk about, you know, like I am myself, I'm not native, but I have seen, you know, what Kaya talked about with the state of reservations, I, you know, growing up in and near North Dakota, you know, my grandparents lived in a town called Wapiton, which is a tribe, if I'm not mistaken, up in the Dakotas, a smaller tribe, but there is a reservation there. And, you know, I have, from the outside, I have seen the state of you know, how that reservation is. I don't know what the state of it is now because I haven't been back in so long, but, you know, I have, I have heard the stories from my mom and my grandparents and stuff like that. And I've seen it a little bit firsthand and it is, it is bad. It is atrocious. And, you know, it's, to me, the biggest thing would just be to save the, the, the culture that has been around far longer than, you know, any of us probably understand or have a concept of. Uh, that's just my little thing is it's just the preservation of culture to me at least i think to everybody listening it should be priority overall i was gonna say in the community member that was talking about those missionaries that came to a reservation is from wakaton uh and they're not doing very great uh they're they're fighting against the catholic church right now to try to get back about, I believe, a third of their land on the reservation that's currently owned by the Catholic Church. The the only thing I wanted to add and to our listeners there, if you're living in America, look up your local tribes. You can find them online. You can go to these reservations. You can visit these people and learn from them. Uh, I'm fortunate enough that the Alabama Castrata tribe is not that far from me, and they are very much... Uh, involved in our own local county let alone their uh, area and you know they're constantly battling the texas state government over different affairs for what goes on on their land as well just but though i want you to encourage you to go to these tribes go meet these people put faces you know to names because this is a serious issue their culture is being erased and if we don't stand up and do something, they'll be gone forever. And I want to encourage you to call them before you show up on their land, because sometimes you shouldn't just show up on other people's property. That's kind of one of the big problems we've been talking about. Right. Well, I mean, they have, well, I, don't, I know Alabama, Kishana, they have a whole like reservation uh, center you can go to. And it kind of gives you their history on um, where their people were from in Alabama, you know, their tribe history and stuff like that. And they encourage people to get involved with their tribe here. It is different tribes are different, um, but definitely respect the tribe and, and learn culture because that's one of the most important things out there is culture of every kind. 
Yeah, just a, one thing to add on to that. Um, one experience I've had with that, because um, I, I don't claim any Native American ancestry, even though it, it, there there is uh, in my family, like uh, on my grandfather, on my father's side and my mother's side, uh, both of my great grandmothers on those sides were both uh, Cherokee. Um, I just, you know, I don't choose to go out of my way to claim it just out of respect. Um, but one of the things I did try to do once was reach out to the Cherokee Film Council, I believe is what it's called, but they're in charge of making a lot of the promotional videos to promote the uh, Cherokee Nation um, to see if there was ever like I was basically just like, look, you know, I'm a filmmaker, I, you know, I really want to, you know, bridge the gap between um, you know, relations between like Norse pagan, you know, people who are interested in, you know, Scandinavian, you know, mythology and stuff like that. Um, and it was basically like, if you ever need me, like, you know, I will help you film whatever you want. And, you know, they were very respectful. They were like, you know, we prefer to do our things our own way. We prefer to use people within the tribe, but they were like, they were very nice about it, you know, but they didn't want my help. And so I think definitely, you know, being open and, and opening that communication, but don't necessarily expect to get it because, you know, a lot of the times they've been burned so many times um, that these tribes want to do things their own way. But I think offering your help is often, you know, a, you know, a good way to even start that communication. I'm going to sound a lot less eloquent and nice than everybody else i'm gonna assume <laughs> but just to put it sweet and short christians have taken so much from almost every culture around the world and put an end to most native cultures everywhere just like we've already stated all the way back from the earliest times of history back uh well not earliest times of history it's way a lot farther than christianity was ever around. um but but they were with everything that they've ever done to convert every uh as many people as possible finally time to say that enough is enough and whatever route you go to stand up to it and help put an end to it i think that you're in the right and you should do it. and honestly while i'm sitting here saying this i don't think you can hear it because i have the noise suppression on but there's a thunderstorm that's just started out right outside my house and there's been some really loud bolts of light and honestly i feel like thor is willing to aid in this fight. Honestly, after I get done with this, I'm going to go give an offering to him and ask that, ask that he does that. But that's the last that I have to say. I mean, hey, that that's pretty sick uh, about the whole thunderstorm thing because uh, another comparison from earlier on in the episode, uh, you have Thor and Joaquina. Joaquina is a female though, so. Uh, but she's definitely all about, uh, she actually defends us from the monsters and stuff. She goes around, like, hunts them down and stuff like that. So she's our protector of Midgard, so to say. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, what I was also going to go ahead and say. Um, there's, there's tribes everywhere. Like, uh, like Caleb said, the, the not Baker Caleb. Um, the, there's tribes all around y'all. The best thing to do is to, uh, get into these, uh, indigenous communities. Um, so, uh, social media helps out a lot. Um, a lot of the stuff that I hear about, uh, for as far as indigenous issues co goes, I don't even hear about it from the news or articles or anything like that. I hear it from other indigenous people on TikTok. So like you, if you want to try and help out, you definitely have to try and like uh, find those circles around you. Find find indigenous digital space, basically, where they're on social media and are talking about these kinds of things. 
Sorry. Uh, that, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say just my my final words on the subject. Um, generally speaking, people don't pay attention to things unless they're a trend, you know. Um, try to make sure that being an ally to indigenous peoples isn't a trend and it's just part of your everyday life. Um, try and help in repatriation. Try, try to do everything you can to, I guess, get artifacts, um, bodies, and uh, land back to back to the people that they belong to. You know, um, if if there's a video on social media that you know is good, you know is vetted that might help out a native cause, share it if you can, you know. Um, it, eventually it'll hit the news and hopefully more people see it. All right. Well, um, I do want to go ahead and wrap up this episode because we are well over an hour, but I mean, I think it was an hour over an hour well spent. Um, you know, this is, you know, I, I didn't expect the conversation, you know, I, I knew what the conversation was going to be about, but I didn't know how it would affect me as, you know, a podcaster as well. I mean, this is a really heavy subject and it's something that's really important. Um, but as I was kind of saying um, before we even started this podcast is, you know, I don't believe in causes that I don't, you know, throw a lot of weight behind. Um, and so that's why I definitely wanted to have this podcast is because it's something I, I really do care about. Like, if you want to make a change in this world, don't just talk about it, like get out there and do it. Um, so, you know, I have, you know, we have the folk podcast here. I wanted this to be a platform, you know, wisdom of Odin Instagram, you know, I want this to be a platform for, you know, hopefully a positive change. Um, and, you know, and if it ever comes a day when, you know, the wisdom of Odin community can help out in these events, I want to make sure, you know, we're there to help out for, you know, a good cause. Um, and, you know, and again, bridging those gaps, um, you know, between the, the Northern spirituality and the native spirituality, which, you know, have a lot of similarities and I think can, uh, can really intermingle with these, with these issues. Um, so uh, I hope this episode has been informative for people because I don't know if we can sit here and be like, I hope you all had a great time because this was a pretty heavy episode. Uh, but I do want to thank Kai and Zach for being on this episode. I'm so glad I was able to get you both on the same episode. Um, I'm actually really happy about that. Um, and I'm glad that we were able to do six people on another episode. My gosh, we're going to be, this is gonna, uh, like, oh man, can we do 12? Let's try to do 12 next time. That'll be crazy. But regardless, thank you all for being on here. Every one of the resources that um, Kai mentioned, I'm going to try to get into the like the description of this episode. So uh, Kai, let's get together after this. And if you can just get those all sent to me and I'll make sure I get them in the description um, by tomorrow when this episode releases. But otherwise, thank you all once again for joining us. And if you have any subjects you would like us to talk about on the Folk Podcast, or you would like to be on the Folk Podcast, Kai actually... That's how he got on the show. He literally just emailed us and because he's definitely not on Instagram because he never posts. <laughs> um, so if you are interested in being on the show, please email us at the folk podcast at um, the folk podcast at gmail.com. And otherwise, everyone unmute your mics because this is going to be a really big until the hall because there's a lot of us. So until the hall, Skull. Go. Go. Go.